now. Now. It's time for your VO news served piping hot and fresh. Gather round. It's time for the VoiceOver Cafe. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another award-winning episode of the VoiceOver Cafe. We have over a trillion downloads, you guys. Can you believe it? We hit the the trillion mark. Well, 45,000, but who's counting? I I think that's that's just incredible for six voice actors that sit around and talk shit. (laughs) We've got so many downloads of this show, so somebody must really appreciate what we have to say. I know. It was really cool to see those stats over the weekend. I was pretty psyched. Uh, first off, before we talk about anything else, it's Jordan Reynolds' birthday. Yay! Yeah! He's not here yet, but... No, Jordan, Yeah, he's uh, he's he's good at having those last-minute fires to put out. We'll have to put a candle in his latte when he gets here. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> or a candle in his... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Which end's going to be lit? <laughs> oh. Oh, man. I'm sorry, you went there. You went there. I just went with the flow, you know? What we got today, Terry? Well, that's true. Uh, let's welcome uh, Sean Caldwell back to the cafe. It's good to have you aboard. Again, back good from the land of the north. Now, Sean, yeah, you were at some drunken country fest or something <laughs> like that? I was. I don't remember a bit of it. Can anybody tell me what happened? No, I do remember a lot of it, actually. Um, yeah, I went up to something called Boots and Hearts up a little bit north of Toronto. It's in uh, near Barrie, Ontario. And it was great. Had a fantastic time. Got to fly into Toronto and um, see a bunch of our friends up that way. So thanks, Canadian friends, for a great night out. And then went up to the fest. And uh, it's a, a festival that I do all the promotion for, all the commercials for. So they said, come on up. We want you to experience it. You know, you'll do a nicer job for us next year. So yay. It was good. Awesome. And, then, and after that, you went and took a tour of the new voice com towers. <laughs> did, yeah, yeah. All that excellent money they're bringing in two huge towers. I, I don't know if they're taller than the CN Tower, but I think that is their goal. <laughs> the ivory Tower. Now, the only thing taller than the CN Tower there are their wallets. <laughs> anyway, I was fascinated by the concept of uh, Canadian country music. Is is it my baby done left me? Sorry. No, no. It. it, it <laughs> like, listen, be sorry. Um, it was, it was all American people. I mean, I'm sure there's some Canadian artists too, but but most of the most of the country acts were like from uh, the United States. Dirks Bentley and Jake Owen and Tim McGraw. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just a huge a huge fest. Oh, sounds fun. That's awesome, Trish. You would have loved Rock Fest. It was uh, Def Leppard was there. Oh, those are my boys. Interesting is they throw all these groups together, so you have to you have to sit through Chicago to get to Def Leppard. I then, like Chicago too. And then you have to sit through Def Leppard to get to Megadeth. Oh, well, I, I don't know whether very I mentioned diverse it. Diverse show. Oh, I don't yeah, know whether good. I mentioned it the other week, but I went to the Geriatric Fest on Long Island the other day. Um, we had, Otherwise uh, known as? Well, no, it was the Great South Bay Music Festival where they had uh, John Sebastian and Graham Nash and the NRBQ. Oh, that's So cool. there was a lot of grey hair and deadheads <laughs> around everywhere. It was tie-dye and grey ponytails everywhere, I tell you. <laughs> well, at least they were having fun and getting out of the house and not going to bed at 8 o'clock or eating they, they dinner at 4.30. They're all, they're all laying there in their lawn chairs saying, I can't <laughs> get up. Was the, uh, was the Who and Jefferson Starship playing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on the their Who Walkman, is actually the, the, awesome the old concert. tapes they were using. Yeah. Oh, they are. 
Um, all right. Well, let's talk about. Uh, we've got to talk about a, a couple different things here. Uh, first off, in case you haven't heard, there's there's a conference coming to my hometown uh, in a few weeks. At least that's the rumor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, with that particular conference and WovoCon, you know, there's a there's there's a lot of voiceover conferences out there right now, and some of them do have what we call is a vetting system. Now, this is where. For the most part, you have to do like a you know at least about five jobs at market rate from legitimate clients. At least in the last year, I believe Peter, that is the way that WovoCon operates in order to get into their particular conference. Is that true? Or am no, I- no. Actually, entrance to the conference for WovoCon is for absolutely everyone. But the the criteria you just mentioned is like the demarcation between. Uh, a Wovo associate member and a professional member. You have to draw a line in the sand somewhere. But WovoCon, mm-hmm. any, anyone that can get there can go. I mean, mm-hmm. okay. all, all comers, all, all levels, everyone welcome. No, it's just with um, a lot of the other big conferences, they're all, a, anyone with a valid credit card can go. But uh, I think what you were alluding to with, with FAFCON, it's for professionals that have to have a certain... Uh, history of work right. so it, it, it's it's not a newbie fest in any way so it's it's a lot of peer-to-peer stuff for working pros that's the differentiator there okay. well, let me throw this at you sean and you know i want to be respectful you know there's some things that have happened here and i, I want to be respectful to the event so i'm not here to you know to throw anybody under the bus or, or make anybody feel bad but uh, I'll throw this to you first, Sean. If you've been to previous conferences and you're a you know quote unquote voiceover pro, but yet you didn't get into the conference because maybe you had a gig or you were, you were away from your computer and you know the thing. I mean, we all know that the conference sells out within like seconds. Do you think there's a lack of loyalty issue here? Because my my biggest issue with FAFCON presently is is it doesn't matter if you contributed to the organization before or if you've been to two or three conferences before. If you don't get in within those first few seconds, you're just not in. What are your thoughts? We'll start first with Mr. Sean Caldwell. Uh, I don't think there is a loyalty component to it at all. I think it's not set up for that. I think it's set up more like, I don't want to say a lottery system, but and, and no, that's not accurate. It would be set up a, a, like a FIFO system, first in, first out, right? Um, so if you, if you miss out on being in that first group of people, then you're not in, I guess. Well, can I, th- can I throw something in here, Terry? Yeah. I'm pretty sure, and it's still in place, but um, Amy, the organizer of uh, FAFCON, was always very clear that she wanted at least 25% of the people of the 100 that, that go to FAFCON to be first-time faffers. so it didn't become like an exclusive club. So in some ways that makes the situation worse, where the the experienced faffers are basically fighting over about 75 places because she doesn't want it to become this little clique. She wants to have 25% new people every year. That's how it has been. I'm pretty sure it was that way this year. I'm sure someone will correct us if we're wrong. But I, I personally think that's a good policy because it, it actually allows people who have only heard about it, and believe me, a lot of people have heard about it because everyone that goes to it it's like CrossFit. You know when someone does CrossFit, they talk about it. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and vegans and things. So everyone knows the FAFCON buzz. And I think letting 25% new attendees in is a good idea. But that obviously puts pressure on the, the 75 places that remain. And there's like 300 people fighting for those 75 places. And seconds count. And whether that's mm-hmm. a good idea or not, 
I don't know, because I, I, I know people that were in gigs, people who were in traffic on their way to a gig and all that sort of stuff. And some people who thought they made it in seconds and didn't. So yeah. I don't know. So I think it's just very large. It's gotten to be this this huge event, and uh, the buzz is always great. And they've marketed it beautifully, masterfully, actually. And it really does. You know, it's almost like when Fafcon comes around, it's almost like you know, like Bruce Springsteen or Kiss tickets just went on sale. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, if you're not going to get in within the first two minutes, you're pretty much screwed. And where I got a little salty of the whole thing this year is, you know, it's it's literally ten feet away from my home, and I didn't get in. Of course, I got a little a little ticked off about that. I'm long over it now, but it was just kind of a thing where, you know, I don't know. I just I guess I'm a little more fan, bigger fan of some of the conferences where loyalty kind of plays into the plays into the field just a little bit more. And I mean, again, it's nothing against what she's doing over there with Fafcon. I respect anybody's protocol and rules for how they want to run their ship. But you know, for me, I'm I'm interested in more of a democracy when it comes to a voiceover conference. I was just gonna say, like the thing with the location, uh, Terry, though, is that if she let someone in because, like, you know, you're you're the guy who lives there, in in the location. Then that could set a dangerous precedent for other conferences because there are past ones where there have been what like twenty faffers in the nearby area, and you can't exactly just like let that many people in because they're nearby so yeah well, yeah to a point yeah or open it up to maybe 200 people then it wouldn't be fafcon yeah well it would change you're right about that and that's why i just you know I, instead of just kind of skating around this particular topic i think it's a good idea that we're discussing it now because i mean it is you know some of the rules and some of the the, the way that that's certain and i'm not just talking about fafcon i'm talking about wovocon i mean we can talk about vo atlanta as well it's to me it's just interesting the way people put this stuff together yeah there does seem to be a lot more more than several people this particular FAFCON coming up in a couple of weeks that did not get in. People that had been there many, many times before and pretty much, you know, thought that they were a, a shoe-in. I I have a theory about that, and it's probably mostly uh, there. There could be a, a different vetting process that we know about, and that twenty. But it also, I think, is a numbers game because now we're up to seven Fafcons total. So. The, the obviously the more fafcons that have that people have attended that 75% tent that that number like Terry said it's like 300 probably now of people that have attended so you have seven you have more I'm not a math person but <laughs> but again the seven no. seven events and you have a bunch of the same people that have gone to more than one and many of them have gone to several um, like like me um, I'm not going and and not out of you know uh, I didn't try to get in so I don't know if you know how that would have panned out but um, I just I think that it's probably the 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 sheer numbers that may be it uh, that there's so many there's been so many fafcons that there's that many more people trying to get in and that, that several of our you know kind of colleagues uh, that we thought you know were a shoe in that have been a shoe in in the past didn't get in um, so I don't know that's that's my theory is that it's just it, it came up to the sheer numbers of of things and it finally just caught up with everybody in in one fell swoop. Right, and yeah. I that those are great thoughts. And Matt, uh, that is an excellent point with what you said. 
it doesn't mean that I still have. It doesn't mean that I'm happy about it. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Well, well, if I didn't get in, I wouldn't be happy it's, either. It's literally ten minutes down the road, and I actually have mentorees, you know, uh, voice actors that I coach that I was looking forward to meeting in person and hanging out and kind of continuing that relationship and mentorship. So that's why I kind of got a little bitter and upset about. I mean, I'm, I'm over it now, but that's you know that was one of the reasons why it was it was a little embarrassing going back to them and going, oh well, hey, people that have had you know six months of experience got in, but somebody who's been doing this since 1992 did not get in and uh you know it was just it, it, i was a little upset about it. i'm moving on now and that's why i planned my own happy hour the eve of the kickoff oh yeah and it's, yeah and you know it's, it's interesting i feel like on the show before uh we've talked about how there is a ridiculous number of conferences and vo events like it's it's this constant discussion that when will the vo events stop uh and right. i guess the the silver lining of that the upside is that you know there are now a lot of different things that people can go to and there's also a lot of different uh, systems of entry systems of qualification so yeah we certainly have our options of course it sucks when the one that you really want to go to is is not available and it's booked out but uh yeah it's like you know the 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 con like you were saying before terry the concerts that sell out really quickly and then there's the concert that everyone can get to and you can all hang out mm -hmm. and you know in a weird way it's really a compliment to fafcon and the admins there that my feelings did get hurt because that's how passionate i really was towards the event yeah yeah yeah, they, they are yeah, a victim there's... of their own success in a, in a way. One of the things, as I say, that makes it su successful is the low number of attendees allowed, where you can actually get to meet everyone. Um, VO Atlanta, as much as I enjoyed it, it was a completely different animal there. It's, what was it, 500 people there, and you're just following your own track, hanging out with Wow, the was there that know. many? I think wow. so, but they lost them in the hotel. It didn't seem like that many. But according right. to the numbers, there were, I think, about at least 500 people there. But it's a completely different animal, and you only got to know the people that you got to know. And there were hordes of people walking around looking all starry-eyed because they wanted to be VOs. Um, <laughs> and, hey, horses for courses, different things, different conferences bring different things to the table. Mm-hmm. And as long as there's a bar there, I don't care. <laughs> I just got another Fiverr tweet. That's nice. Now, speaking of which, this is, you know, this kind of stuff, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I actually have several clients that would never even consider using, you know, a dumpster service for any kind of voiceovers. And yet, you know, we as pros, and I've certainly been guilty as hell of this, especially in several of the voiceover groups, we all get so bent out of shape and we get so upset when we see somebody tweeting something about Fiverr or somebody drops a post in about some low ball. I know we've talked about it on this show before, but it's just amazing. You know, if you really, it's funny because I've had, I have these conversations with my clients and they're still, even to this date with all the competition out there, uh, they're very passionate about their product and improving their business. They would never even dream of looking to a site like that to hire a voice actor. Your thoughts, Peter Bishop. One part of me says these people will never affect my business, but the other part of me can't help but think they're devaluing the industry as a whole. I, I set up my uh, tweet deck to look at uh, the, the hashtag Fiverr thing. It's yep. hilarious. All these people promoting to themselves. Yes. And it's like, what is it? You, you, you're netting less than $4 off one of these gigs after PayPal and uh, Fiverr fees anyway. 
it, it is laughable. I, I don't like the way they cheapen the industry. Um, it almost gets to that point where if that's all someone's exposed to, they say, oh, what do you do? And you stupidly say, I'm a voiceover. They immediately start thinking, um, oh, you do this on Fiverr. And it's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> um, so you almost feel like you need to differentiate. No, no, no. I do it seriously. You know, I charge real rates and I do a, a proper job. Um, well, I don't know. I just think they've all eaten this Kool-Aid, marketing Kool-Aid. They paid 300 bucks for their webinar that told them how to make four bucks for a gig. Uh, yeah, right. Um, I don't know. I, I think they're a joke. I think it's sad, though, that some people actually think that's the way forward in this business. So... What's interesting, too, is I used to uh, – that's well said, Peter. I used to actually freeze up when a prospective client would consider maybe using one of those services. But now I just – you know, it, it's all about being confident on the uh, the consultation call, too. Right. You know, I'm like, you know what? I'm I've been doing this since 1992. You know this. If you want if you want my services, this is what it's going to cost. And and many times I even encourage them to. All right, you know what? Go try one of those talents. See how it works. If it doesn't work out, I'll be here. And more times than not, they always come back. That's reassuring to hear. That, that's great. Yeah, taste and try before you buy. If you're going to be happy spending five bucks, then knock yourself out. Well, it looks like Jordan's here. Hola. Jordan? Hey, yo, yo. No. Today Hi. Today. <laughs> That's right. I'm allowed Yay. to be late on my birthday, right? Maybe you are. Maybe. We all had some, but you weren't here. Oh, wait. What would you have? Cake. 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 Maybe oh, 12 more tries, and I'll actually be able to hit that note. No. Was it, no. <laughs> please please was don't it, do was that. Was it laced with weed? Flat as a pancake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just hope the cake was laced with weed. Then that, So you guys can really oh. so, so It's a Colorado <laughs> birthday. We're all rolling around in it. Let, let's throw Jordan straight under the bus on his birthday and say, okay, what are your opinions about VOs on Fiverr? Well, why don't we sing first? No. No, you don't want that to happen. Nobody <laughs> wants that to happen. Happy birthday to you. This is, this is a solo <laughs> from Trish. <laughs> no, I'm not singing by myself. Talking, Terry was just saying something about flat notes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Reynolds, do all the uh, do all the bakeries then in Colorado? Do they automatically just put the weed in the in the? <laughs> it's just an well, extra charge. Yeah, that's why everyone's moving here. <laughs> it's an extra. Yeah, that'll be two dollars with weed. Yeah, you, 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 pretty much on every food receipt that you buy, there. You know how they have like a gratuity tax for parties of five and over. Um, well, now it's just now it's just a weed tax because they just put weed in everything. It's great. <laughs> I think you can even get like a like a bunch of uh, joints in like a gumball machine. <laughs> Just put the Not yet. Yeah. The no, 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 they have them. They have a machine with a big claw. In, the, in those little plastic things. <laughs> yeah, plastic yeah. eggs. I'm actually yeah. fascinated by weed gummy bears. I mean, that's just... What? It, yeah, you confectionery. You can get gummy oh, yeah, weed gummy yeah. bears, can't you? Oh, yeah. They have everything. I'm not kidding. Really? Any kind of... Yeah. No, you, anything that you want made is, is already... I mean, they don't have, like, weed pizza, I don't think, but... Mm. But any, any kind of Somebody candy or snack... Throw it on there <laughs> instead of the oregano, or oregano, as you say over here. <laughs> it's oregano. <laughs> it is. Do you really like, say oregano? Because that's yes. how it's spelt. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, man, here's some weed beef jerky. <laughs> oh, my 
Uh, well, thank you. Thank let's you. Get Jordan, up to speed on what we've been talking about. We don't need to repeat ourselves, but uh, Reynolds, we've been talking about VO conferences. We've been talking about uh, a little bit about Fiverr, just because there's all kinds of bullshit happening around that again, just because, you know, some people are, are requesting that people tweet certain things with certain hashtags. And, um, I guess what what Peter was at we, what, when you broke in, we were just kind of saying, you know what? I, it's really irrelevant to my business. And what I was telling everybody else is, when I'm talking with a client, now I'm just like, all right, well, you know, here's these are my rates. If you want to hire me, this is what I'm going to charge. And you know, if if you want to go down that road of like a Fiverr talent or you know one of those dumpster sites, you know, give them a shot. And if it doesn't work out, you know, I'll be here. And more times than not, they always come back. I think I think that's a good idea. Um, I I have to say I've never encountered, fortunately, a client saying, you know, I'm thinking about using one of these Fiverr talent for a better deal. But if you could come down a little bit on your rate, on a, they, they, I guess they're southern. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it, but I, I've never actually encountered it myself. But I think yeah. that is a good technique because. You know, I, I think for if for those professional talent who do encounter low ballers, whether it's Fiverr or not, I think you should just have a written template ready. With okay, well, um, that's that's great and all. I see that I understand that you're on a budget. Uh, if you've already you, you you assumed you've gotten their cheap rate to begin with, you know their dollar figure, and say I'm usually doing this kind of work for X amount of dollars. Go high in that number, and then say, but I'm willing to go down and meet you more around here, which is still at a fair price to you. Okay, mm -hmm. and then j just have it all written out so you don't have to type it out every time because you're going to get people who are just cheap and and if they don't answer that then you don't want to work with them. It's going to be a waste of time anyway. It's probably yeah, going to be a long big, session, too many takes, five yeah, pickups, expected for free. That's and always really, the case. And the, really, the objective up front is you know work up front to get the client to like you. Period. Mm -hmm. Yes. Can I, can I ask <laughs> a, a quick, quick, you know, pop, quick really pop quiz question here? Yeah. For those clients that get into heavy negotiation, always want the deal. Are they not universally the worst and slowest payers? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Seriously, like I would say 85% of the time. Yeah. That, that's that's mm -hmm. a fact. <laughs> I don't, and they're the ones crazy. that want the free retakes too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Four or five takes when it's just like one line, like a tagline or something. Well, yeah, you, I can't. I don't can't you encourage normally enough. need four or five takes on one line, Terry? Isn't that your MO? <laughs> yeah, big time. <laughs> Do you guys all have a revision policy that you send people uh, when they are, when you are in the right negotiation side of things and then something's agreed on? Are you like, okay, great. Here is my revision policy or is like built into your working agreement in some way? I do. Yeah, oh, basically, um, basically, <laughs> depending on the client, it's always different. I mean, you know what the, 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 the weight will stand. Um, my screw ups are fixed free. Your screw ups are chargeable. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. But for script revisions, I will usually allow if it's a, a longer form thing, uh, let's say it's a, a 300 words, uh, explain a video. If you want one sentence changed out because there's one word that you got wrong in there, in, in the writing, I got no problem doing that for free. And it's like one round of revision up to usually 10 to 15% of the original copy. But it changes mm. from client to client because you have different sure. relationships. If I've got a client that's throwing me a couple of jobs every month for 24 months, he gets free revisions as long as he doesn't uh, milk it, you know, because yeah. that, that's... That's a business decision that I will make to service that customer. And, mm -hmm. and we've got past the fact that I'm going to charge him every time I crack the mic because he's a regular customer and he gets served as such. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Bish nailed it on the head. Like, I mean, that's, that's pretty much exactly how I operate. 
And in addition to that, just to make sure you extra don't get screwed, <laughs> is always get it in writing, even and usually in two forms to be extreme about it. Make sure it's in an email. Where you, and I always do it with a new client I've never worked with, or the clients that I know are kind of finicky and cheap, and I know are gonna are really slo- sloppy and they rush the scripts and they have their four year old write it and expect all these revisions. So I always make it up from like, okay, we, so just to confirm, we're agreeing upon you know a one minute web video at $350, um, one revision up to about 20% of the copy is included for free. Any revisions beyond that is going to be $100. And get that in the email. And in addition, I put it on the invoice too. So I put, you know, everything I just said is in the line item on the invoice. So it says includes one revision at blah, blah, blah. Any additional, at at an additional, or any additional uh, revisions have an extra fee. So otherwise they can argue that if you just if you if you verbalize it on the phone just make sure you get it in writing as much as possible so you can back yourself up that yeah. sounds good you to me too, you know if it's if it's a completely you know i have clients where the where they where they completely rewrote the script i mean and that really has to be looked at obviously if you've got the relationship you want to cut them a deal but if it's a completely rewritten script i mean it, it should be looked upon as a brand new project mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know? If it's the same length, I usually charge 50% of the original if it's a reread, for like a total reread, depending on what it is and how long it is. But, um, but yeah, I usually charge half of the original fee um, for, the, for the total reread, depending. And, you know, if they come back a year later for the reread, yeah, it's a new project. But if it's only a couple of days. But this actually happened to me a couple of weeks ago where I had a new, brand new client and most of the stuff that I do is from regular clients. So they know what to expect from me and I know what, you know, I know what they, they want also. And and we have this kind of, you know, we've just, because we've been working together so long, we have an agreement. But I had a new client. They sent me a four-minute narration script. I Because he was new, uh, and I offered to have him listen in so that we would only have to record once. He told me that wasn't necessary and I uh, sent the file off. And again, it was about a four-minute narration. He emails me back with an attachment and says, "Hey, the first the first run sounded great. Uh, we've changed a few things around in the wording because it didn't flow as well uh, once we heard you voice it. So here's the new script." <laughs> And so I said, well, okay, but usually I charge for this sort of thing. And he wasn't appalled, but he emailed me. It was all through email, so I don't really know. I mean, maybe he was appalled, but he didn't uh, didn't show it in the email. But uh, he basically said, oh, well, usually when I work with voiceover talent, this is what's like, this is normal. He he made it sound like it was pretty normal to do two or three run throughs of the same script and recordings of the same script. The, the first one that I sent was completely polished, completely edited, no breaths or anything like that. It was totally finished. And I was like, okay. So I it was my fault for not defining the rules. I did wind up, because he was new and I didn't really want to piss him off, and, and it was partially my fault for not defining those rules before we started working, uh, I wound up doing it. But but normally, most of my clients would assume that it was at le- it's at least a revision fee. Uh, but I've never had it assumed that a four-minute narration, a complete reread, would actually be need to be uh, you know, charged. Um, that's that's so, pretty. That's pretty long to have to redo the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So I'm not saying that you did this, but I've had some hairy situations like that myself. And it's always a good idea as voice actors, you know, if the email conversation starts to get a little off, you know, mm-hmm. always good, always a great idea to just stop what you're typing and pick up the phone and call the client. Because if you can get them on the phone and have that conversation for 10 minutes, it's like everything can be worked out. Because I, I've, I've learned from... <laughs> Spoken so, from somebody who hates uh, using the phone, yeah, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was, you know, when, when it comes to clients, I don't hate using it because it's it's money in my pocket and, it pays, for, and it pays for my mortgage. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's um, it's something that, that that just gets cleared up right away. Speaking of which, this is interesting, you guys. I had a, a client, uh, this happened not quite a month ago, but, you know, we hit it off on the phone. We ended up just kind of, you know, shooting shit for about 25 minutes, just about, you know, everything but voiceover. And then we finally got to the point. But he was saying, you know, his the, the voice actor that he had worked with before. Uh, every project that he would give this voice actor, and this is just this is just baffling. I'm just, I mean, I'm so like taken. It just makes me want to fall off my chair. The voice talent would always complain about the script. He would always make fun of certain terms in the script, and he would always bitch at the client if there was some sort of like short revision or two. Um, in this day and age of voiceover, I mean, maybe you should find f-ing something else to do for a living. You stupid. <laughs> <laughs> how, how horrible to do that too you know if you're trying to like build your clientele and try to build up your business was it glass half empty voiceovers I've heard of them <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good website for them it's just it's just astonishing hearing that kind of a story come from you know a guy that you just get on the phone with for the first time but you know I gladly took his business and he's still a client today yeah oh, wow there's a I, I'm hearing more and more stories of just voice talent being so unreliable on so many levels whether it's mm-hmm. just or actually for example um i've i've been fortunate enough to go into the studio uh a few times this year for some gigs and which is so fun that's another topic but uh two of them were ensemble recordings where i was recording with a it was a dialogue spot and both times i i showed up one i i, I got there five minutes late of traffic but i called the studio 10 minutes before let them know no problem so i get there like at 1205 and then the other one, I showed up early, a few minutes early. Both of those sessions, the other talent that was in the session with me, one showed up, I think, almost 30 minutes late. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and he, right. and uh, yeah, and he didn't even really have an excuse, and he was just pretty casual. He wasn't a jerk, though. He's a nice guy, and he performed well, but it was just, like, really late. And then um, the second I time... I you were working with William Shatner. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? And then, and then the second time, uh, the other talent was about 10 to 15 minutes late. I just thought, I mean, and these, I don't know. I just find that, I, I found that pretty odd that twice, two times in a row, the the, the talent was late. I mean, stuff like that. It's just, I, I guess I don't mean to take it too, too off topic, but I think there's a fine balance between not being taken advantage of as a talent slash business owner and just being a complete diva and, you know, energy vampire. And it sounds like based on your client's experience, Terry, that talent just sounded like they're just they're just they're just probably not a nice person to be around. Everything bothers them. They clearly aren't getting the kind of work that they want, et cetera, et cetera. So they're just kind of lashing out in any possible way. But if you know, just just you have to find that line. Don't let the client abuse you with too many revisions like we were talking about earlier. So you can speak up and stand up for yourself, but don't be a diva about every small thing and show up late and and make comments about how bad the copy is i don't think i've ever done that unless if the client does it 
first and I'm still then I'll just give it like a courtesy chuck like oh yeah because you never you never know you never who's know who's listening in or yeah. who's going to hear it yeah so just be careful you know why is it so hard for people to show up to these damn gigs on time it's so funny you said that I had a couple of beers with my local uh, talent agent uh, we've got a, a big agency in town called Nuts which stands for non-union talent agency they're terrific um, and I had a conversation with him and he you know he talked about the same thing as you have he's talents have got to stop showing up to these gigs late. I mean, it's not these gigs aren't a right. I mean, it's an honor to be booked through a talent agency these days. So, you know, hey, show up on time. Mm-hmm. Unless it's traffic or something you, you yeah, don't really have much, you know, control over. But, but yeah, and especially if you don't apologize when you get there, that's kind of a kind of a big no-no. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm huge. I'm I'm the best, man. I'm just going to get here whenever I can. Listen, my limo driver took a wrong turn. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Did someone not put the muffins out yet? <laughs> There's usually muffins here. And I'm going to need Those some. Are Those are great for your voice. <laughs> Morgan Freeman gave me the wrong turn. <laughs> John left at the bowling alley. Love the muffins in Colorado. Turn upside down at the left. Oh, Matto, I love, I love his Morgan Freeman. It's so spot on. Instead of going to your job, go and get a beer at the pub. (laughs) Well, now we're battling Freemans, I see. (laughs) Wait, who is that now? Jordan Reynolds. Oh, God. All right, I can't tell the difference. I'm not even going to (laughs) try. We need to do that. We so need to do that in a future episode. Do a whole show doing Morgan Freeman. No, doing character voices the whole way through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll practice my Walken. <laughs> I don't do any. I I'll would love to hear a conversation it. between Christopher Crazy. Walken and Shatner. I want to hear a conversation between Morgan Freeman and Morgan f***ing Freeman. That's what I want. <laughs> How <laughs> long have hilarious. you been narrating for, Morgan? It's Matt, it's Matt doing his impression of Jordan doing the Dave D'Andrea impression. <laughs> of... <laughs> I'll just play uh... the Penguin and March. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can, I'm not going to do it today, but if I have about 20 minutes, maybe we can do it on the next episode, I can do a Frank Gorshin impression, the Riddler from the old Batman TV series. How does that, does that date me a little bit? Who, who doesn't know? Trish, do you know who Frank Gorshin is? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You better I just made it later. That 15-year uh, time span between us oh, talking. Snap. <laughs> when was uh, Peter, you know the old Batman I series. was hoping you Did weren't going to bring me into this conversation. <laughs> yes, I remember first run on the TV. <laughs> Go look him up on YouTube. He was a great, he was one of the best Riddlers in, in Batman history. And then the Joker was what, Cesar Romero? And yes, Jack. Romero. Big, big fan. Big <laughs> I can tell that you guys are as well. Who played the penguin? Who played the penguin? That's the one we're missing. Uh, Burgess, Burgess Meredith. Yes. Oh, wow. And I even, know who he is. And even Liberace played a villain on the old series. He was the evil Chandel. What? <laughs> yeah, he would uh, he would play piano and then bat gas or whatever would come up on the piano. It's like the cheesiest thing ever. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hell would be intimidated by uh, Liberace. <laughs> So it's, uh, you know, it's officially political season. Yay, how much fun, especially on social media. Are you guys doing any political gigs as part of your uh, weekly sessions lately? Anybody? Mm-hmm. It actually just tied into our previous conversation, too, because they had a couple revisions along the way. And uh, here's, here's maybe what I wanted to share. So it was a 30-second spot, you know, anti-somebody kind of spot. And they ended up changing one of the words near the bottom. Instead of a, you know, instead of a deranged liberal, it was a kooky liberal or something, right? You know, those aren't the actual words. But... Um, 
they they wanted to come back with a change and I just did it. I just did it and took care of them because I'm hoping that it leads to more work and I don't want to get into the habit of kind of nickel and diming them over small stuff. No, if they came back with three or four more revisions, I would say, you know what, guys, we need to talk about something else because this project is growing arms and legs more than it had at first for the first quote. But uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited about political season. I hope there's lots of mud thrown back and forth and they pay us all to do lots of spots. You guys have the yeah. longest political season ever. There's so much work. Uh, every year, every year. You know, there's a, there's the governor's race one year, and then there's the presidential race, and then there's the Senate, and then there's blah blah blah. There's always plenty of smearing to be done. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be join, I'll be coming back to my homeland in Canada with you, Matt, if if Trump gets elected. So I, I'm looking forward to that. Month after month of people treating each other like. <laughs> I have an exit strategy. I have a British passport. Yeah. <laughs> You've still got your passport, Jordan? Oh, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's not a Canadian one, though. It's, it's American, but I got I got my citizenship. Oh, yeah. You're good. No, I, I, I joke. I, I'm, I'm here for the long haul, and I shall um, I'll smile sweetly and face whatever the country throws at me. He can never go back to England. No matter who wins, I always think these two shall pass. Yes. And it doesn't matter who you vote for, the government always wins. <laughs> Get back to talking about weed and birthday cakes. <laughs> <laughs> the last regional political spot I did started uh, something like this. What's happened to John McCain? <laughs> <laughs> that was several, several years ago. Mm. And God, man, it's, it's so funny because the people that we made fun of in past elections, now we're begging them all to come back. Yeah, and the extremists from decades ago now look like moderates. <laughs> Everybody's gotten so quiet because nobody wants to be partisans on this Yeah, po politics was not on the spreadsheet. Right, no, no. I, I, I will just sum up the... Um, the I will sum up the political views here. Non-partisan, a pox on all your houses. What do you guys think about anarchy? Oh, God. <laughs> I remember downloading the Anarchist Cookbook when I was a teenager and thought I was so cool. It was it 77 yeah. <laughs> Anarchy in the UK, socks, pickles? Yeah. Anybody, somebody put up a, a big sign. I don't know where it was, but it was just some meme that somebody posted about uh, how about we don't vote for anybody and we just all promise to be cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great, great system. Yeah. I'll put that sign on my yard. Question about it. Um, well, political ads, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a capitalist when it comes to my business. As long as it's not, you know, really harsh slander or it doesn't like, you know, or it's, you know, it's not totally harsh. You know, I'll take the money every time. I don't care if it's Republican or Democratic ad. You know, it's like, you know, I, it's official. I'm a Republican. Mm. Matt. <laughs> Do you have a uh, like a, a guide flowchart for levels of slander? Like when you get the script through, do you match it up against a like a, a test? Like, oh no, brought his family into it. That nope, got to turn that down. If I don't agree with the uh, with the partisan message, I just charge the client double. Oh yeah, the yeah, dummy tax. Yeah. But I mean, as, as a serious note, um, Sean, you were talking about that one word change. Could it quite possibly have been changing? A word that had a clinical and legal definition to "kooky," which was yeah. is not. So they were actually protecting themselves against um, accusations and a legal suit, as they were accusing someone of having an actual physical, clinical 
official right. ailment. Yeah, yeah kooky was not the word. It, it was through the legal department that it ended up changing. Right. Uh, and they just changed it once, and then I sent it back quickly, and they were happy, and it was a very fast turnaround kind of deal because it needed to air that, later that day. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. Unlike Terry, I'll, I'll only do uh, one side, which side I won't say. I don't get into political discussions, and, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it can certainly ruin friendships and, and make people like, what? Um, I can't believe you're such and such, or, you know. You're for this? I'm going to unfriend your ass right now. Uh, right. You, you libertarians just sit on the fence, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've just got one thing to say. Jordan Reynolds doesn't care about the middle class. <laughs> he only cares about weed. Exactly. <laughs> I almost said it. You beat me to it. What's happened to Peter Bishop? <laughs> I'll tell you, mate, it's when the middle class get pissed off. That's when you got to start worrying. Mm -hmm. That's starting to happen. Because the middle class is the... In any society, I mean, it's the same in the UK. When you piss off the middle class, once the middle ground goes, hoo -hoo, hell hath no fury. Riots. Mm -hmm. I was on there. Out, Thatcher, out. Poll tax riots. See, you can get rid of someone that's back here crazy. Just bear that in mind. You can get <laughs> rid of call them. it Australia. <laughs> I'm going to vote for anybody that's pro-weed and has cool taste in music, man. That's <laughs> my football. Go. Okay, we've right. got a Canadian, an Australian, and a Brit. Let's leave the politics now. I'm going to get going, guys. We all have to go. So, you know, I, I want to thank each and every one of you for coming to the cafe. Peter Bishop, Trish Bassani, Matt Colrick, Jordan Reynolds, the great Sean Caldwell, and my name is Bill DeWeese. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> We'll see you next time. Cafe VO News. Served up piping hot and fresh, and it might smell like weed. That's a wrap on another episode of the Voiceover Cafe. This is Sean Caldwell. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out other riveting episodes at VoiceoverCafe.org. Three, two, one. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Oh, that was horrible. That was Trish, the choir director. I know, right? <laughs> All right. Next time. Woo!